Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I am here with my first cup of coffee, more or less, because I set it on the table here next to me. Aha! Mmm. Ah, I needed that this morning. Today is December 3rd. Yes, you're correct. Monday, December 3rd. It's about um, oh, 8.30 in the morning. And, yeah, I am sore. <laughs> I spent the weekend. I don't see how I could have spent the whole weekend, but I did a whole lot of Christmas decorating. I did all the indoor decorations. Um, we had a blustery day on Saturday and a very snowy, blizzardy day yesterday on Sunday. So on Saturday, um, it's one of those weekends I'm not sure where my time went. I didn't get nearly as much done as I thought I would. Uh, but I, um, well, I picked up a lot of things around the house and I kind of got things ready for the decorations and I brought a lot of decorations in and on Saturday we went and bought the tree and then yesterday I did my um, SFF7 blog post. I guess I also did some sitting around and reading, which which is always nice, right? And... Then I got the tree decorated, and I have most of the inside decorations done. I had this great plan. We all know how plans go, right? I just thought, oh, well, if I do the intent this intensively, very often I end up doing the Christmas decorating in and around other things, and never this early. So I thought, well, I have this open weekend. I'm going to be kind of stuck indoors. I can get some of my business things out of the way. I did also, you know, balance the books and pay the bills. I guess that was part of, you know, it always takes a little time. I do it all manually. I don't like, I have very few things on auto because I'm a believer in knowing where my money is going, even if it's painful. <laughs> uh, but I am, um, yeah, I had this whole idea that I would get the house all decorated. I thought I might get it all done on Saturday. You know, oh, I'll be, and then I'd have Sunday to enjoy it and just do some things. And then I didn't get to the tree on Saturday. And I thought, oh, well, that's okay. You know, we're, we're entertaining this year. So one of the things I did on Saturday was I got out all the right dishes and all of those things that went through my inventory and stuff, which needed to happen. Uh, and so the nice thing is that today I'm drinking out of one of my red uh, Starbucks ornament holiday mugs. I don't know if it has a date on here. I'm, I'm a famous one for doing the trick of looking at the bottom of the cup and dumping the liquid on my lap. I'm not doing that. I don't remember exactly what year this is from, but I know I bought these cups working um, in... Not Billings, Montana. What's the capital of Montana? Billings is a capital, isn't it? Oh, no, we were in North Dakota. That's right. Yeah, anyway, um, it was we were working there in December, and it was a nonstop blizzard all week and so freaking cold. And we uh, 
Yeah, Bismarck, North Dakota. And we would stop at the Starbucks every morning and I would get two venti Christmas drinks. Uh, what what a sugar explosion that was, huh? But I needed two because I would drink the first one so fast and then I would be bereft the rest of the morning for working. But they had these mugs and they kind of look like um, big balls, you know, like the the red glass balls that you hang on the Christmas tree. I have red ones and gold ones. And I bought some for me and some for my mom. And it's always fun to break out the glasses. I also have some special wine glasses. And I broke those out too. So I did all those things. And yesterday, oh, I was saying, you know, like, so Saturday I didn't get to the tree. But I thought, oh, well, that's okay. I'll just get it done Sunday morning. And then I'll spend the rest of Sunday afternoon doing my business. Well, no, I didn't finish the tree until like 8 o'clock last night. <laughs> I get, you know, maybe I just moved more slowly. I, I, I'm less... Um, I don't know. Time is a funny thing. I remember in college, um, I was at the our sorority senior deal. Um, like a, we might have called it the senior cozy. I think it was the senior cozy because that was a party we would have in the spring where we would say goodbye to our graduating seniors and we would give them gifts and awards and write them little poems and stuff. And before you're too much more shocked, yes, I was in a sorority, and I loved being in a sorority. Um, I get really tired of hearing people bash sororities. And often the people who bash the sororities, I feel like, are people who don't know anything about them. Um, that, that's often my impression, because people will say to me, you know, I can't believe that you were in a sorority. And it's like, well, as if it was... Um, a lapse in judgment on my part. And the sorority was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I, I really enjoyed being in the in that chapter. And I'm a Gamma Phi Beta. Gamma Phi Beta for life. Um, I saw somebody commenting on Twitter the other day saying that uh, that romance, that the community of romance authors and readers is not a sorority, that not everybody likes each other. And I thought that was really kind of a strange remark to say. Someone who obviously knew nothing about sororities, because one of the point of the sorority was that you didn't like everyone in the chapter, but that they were she was your sister no matter what. So you found ways to get along with her. And that was great training for later in life. So now that's like three segues on top of each other. So we'll see if I can work my way back through them. Uh, we were at a senior cozy and the gal who had been president that year uh, got an award. It must, it must have been everybody got awards. But anyway, she got an award for because um, she had been a junior. You were the president would be a junior. I'm, I'm getting caught up on my details and it doesn't matter. Anyway, she had been president and she got an award for um, most improved academically. And my friend said to me, who was an older student, she might have been a senior also, but she turned to me and she said, see, that's a very good example of the more you do, the more you can do. And I do think there's a lot of truth to that, that the more you put into your schedule, the more things you are capable of doing. 
but there is a commerce price to that where you pay for it with stress and tiredness and maybe not enjoying life as much. But at any rate, I, I've been thinking about the time since um, I haven't been working the day job since I've been a full-time author and trying to decide if I really do write that much more than I did then. And I know that I am less efficient about packing in all of the things. But one of the things about looking back at your life is that you you tend to forget, I think, how stressed you were or how tired. And when I was really focusing on the writing career and really doing the day job, um, they were not terribly compatible. Uh, well, that's not true. They were compatible time-wise, uh, especially once I no longer traveled for the day job. But um, it was a lot. I think it, it really wore me out. And it's easy to forget the ways in which that really wore me out and the way I was stressed. So so I'm, I'm ambivalent about this. I've, I wish that I had been more efficient about getting the decorating done. And then I think, well, why? Why does it matter? Because it was fun to kind of screw around with the stuff and do it in a deliberate way. Uh, the one major regret I have is that I have this pearl garland. It's not really pearls. They were little white beads that I've had for a really, really long time. It goes all the way back to um, when David and I were first living together on Palmer Street in Laramie, Wyoming, in our little two-bedroom apartment. And I bought those that pearl garland for our Christmas tree because we didn't have that many um, standard decorations. You know, I had my little ornaments, but we didn't have other Christmas tree decorations. And I have used that rope of pearls every single year since. So that's probably 25 years easily, or well, maybe even a little bit more because our 28th anniversary will be in January. And every year they get tangled, and every year I untangle them because it's one long string. And I just love how they look. And I spent probably an hour untangling them, and the shellac was coming off of them. I don't know what, you know, probably hit the point of age. And I was covered in these little shimmering white shards <laughs> of the glazing off the pearls. It was getting on my face. It was getting everywhere, and it was just really frustrating. And and I thought, well, it still looks okay because the bead underneath underneath is white. And then finally, I thought, why am I doing this? Why am I spending so so long on this? And so I threw them away. But it still feels like a little bit of a, I don't know, you know, time marches on, right? You know, and you let things go. I enjoy decorating the Christmas tree for the touching back to the past and the different. Um, my mom's given me an ornament every year since I was a baby. So it's fun to sort of revisit all those years. So let's see, did I back out sufficiently on all of that? It's, you know, it's just time. It's uh, figuring out how to manage time is one thing. And, and I do think it's true. That's the whole lean in thing, right? You know, the whole, the more you do, the more you can do. 
But then you also have to think about what price are you paying overall. And sometimes the, the price is pretty high. I know I feel much better and get to do more things now <laughs> that I am not uh, running two careers at once. So, you know, that's always something, right? Uh, I'm always trying to up my productivity. You all know that. And But remember, and, and you're going to remind me, that uh, this next year I'm really going to stick to this, see if I can do very consistent 3,000 words a day. So I am working on Sorcerer Spoons number five. Uh, you all probably know that. I'm... Actually, I haven't opened my progress sheet yet today, but I am making good progress on it. Um, should be done in a couple of weeks. It's sort of, it's more or less kicking in now. Shooting for 15,000 words this week, so that will bring me up. I don't know, we could look and see. It makes a lot of noise when I get up, so I'm hesitating to do it. Now that I'm kind of stuck in my office for the winter, not out in the Grape Arbor. Yeah, it's funny. I can't really think of... I'm sure it'll put me up around 35,000, something like that, once I get this additional 15. I must be around 20 now, maybe 18,000 in that neighborhood. Something else I wanted to mention while I was... Uh, I even wrote it down. I wrote down a little note. Uh, I have a couple of mentees through Sefwa. And I've been answering questions and so forth. And um, one of them asked me a question about a self-published book that's just not doing as well as they hoped. And there's, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. But one of the things this person said was that they had thought that if it was a well-written book with a good cover and you know, attention to detail and so forth, that it should do at least moderately well. And first of all, that's a fallacy in all the world, um, all the world of publishing. We all know of many well-written books that for one reason or another never found an audience. And it's just really hard to say why. Um, sometimes, for whatever reason, a book doesn't click. And It's, you know, it's in many ways, it's not what the story is. It's how the story is told. And it's how the voice resonates with the people of that time and moment. And one piece of advice that I'd give this person was I, I gave them some advice to maximize the self-publishing. Uh, one thing that's true is that it's um, not as easy to market a single book. And this is a standalone. So even though readers often say they want standalones, they really buy the series. Uh, you know, and there's lots of things that can be tweaked there, and we're working on that. But one thing that I pointed out, and I'm not sure, I think they listened, or at least they said that they knew that this was the case, but I think that um, it's a very difficult lesson to absorb is that some books just don't click and you the only thing the very best thing you can do is 
to let go of it and move on. And in all of these years that I have been writing and being familiar with writers and knowing, you know, sort of the insides of things, I have seen this mistake over and over again. Um, and one example, and I probably have used it before, but it's a good example. Uh, this gal, I knew her back in the late 2000s, like 2008, 2009. And she had written a vampire novel. And it was at a time when the vampire novels were very, very big. And I read her vampire novel and I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I thought it was good. And so because I liked it and reviewed it, we sort of, you know, I sort of became, you know, we, we discussed sometimes and, you know, social media friends and in-person friends. And she was tremendously frustrated that her vampire novel did not do as well as other vampire novels. And she seemed to take it as that the solution to this was that she just needed to push her novel more. And she threw herself into uh, pushing that novel to the point that a couple of years later, uh, she had gotten the rights back. She'd had it traditionally published. I don't remember with who. She'd gotten her rights back, and she funded, self-published, a, a paper printing and put a copy in every single tote bag at the RT convention, or close to every single, um, which I think was something in the neighborhood of 500 copies. And it's expensive to uh, print, publish your own book because you don't have the, the infrastructure that the publishing houses do. Even for them, it's expensive. But, you know, a print book, uh, to do it through like create space, which is now defunct, but that sort of thing. It depends on page length, but it's going to cost you in the neighborhood of 10 to $15 a book. So that would have been an investment for her probably in the neighborhood of $5,000. And I was just astonished when I saw that because by then the whole vampire thing was, was really peaking or had peaked. And this book had been out for several years and she had clearly, she and her husband had, you know, sort of taken the money and decided, okay, we're going to invest it in doing this thing. And I'm not saying don't do that because sometimes it can work, but I would often think about if she had only years earlier taken all of that energy and put it into writing a new book what would that have done? There comes a point where you're banging your head against the wall and you kind of have to know when that is. Um, so the marketing side of self-publishing, a lot of those people get very, very involved in tweaking things like the cover and the keywords and the BCC and the ads. And they enjoy that. I don't. Uh, but I think that after a certain point, you can tweak the packaging so much and 
And I know that there's a contingent who think that the contents of the story really doesn't matter, um, that what matters is getting people to buy it. But with each book, you're getting people to buy your next book too. You want to build an audience and you want to think about things in terms of the long game. Um, and having that first book out there, you know, sometimes you just have to let a book sit and percolate and you can nudge it along every once in a while. But otherwise, you know, let if it really is a well-written book and people like it, it will slowly spread through word of mouth. And this has long been the case of all sorts of publishing. You know, when, you know, people look at phenomena, you know, where they're like, well, I want an HBO series like Game of Thrones or Outlander. Uh, well, Stars is Outlander, but, you know, I want a cable miniseries like those. And who doesn't? We all do, right? It would be great. But then you think about uh, both of those series started with books that were written in the early 90s, as old as my now discarded uh, Pearl Garland. Uh, how's that for a workaround? That's as if I planned it. Um, you know, it takes time and and people don't see that. So that's my, my rant for the day. I really wish that I could get more people to understand um, if you're a writer, put your effort into writing more books don't don't worry about the rest of that so much. I think maybe doing so much of our own marketing has gotten in the way of that. Let once you've let that book go, it's like having a kid. You've sent them off to college and you've got to let them do their thing even if they seem to be mostly spending their days getting stoned and hanging out with their friends. You've got to trust that you launched them correctly. How's that for an analogy? So I hope you all have a wonderful Monday. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for sharing my first cup of holiday London fog with me. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.